Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubbs of the Club, your University of Idaho affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, joined by, I don't know who in God's name our co-host is because I can't see the dude's face. Um, I think it's Dallas Hammer, but what I see is a bag. I, I don't understand what's how a person could possibly do this fresh off uh, loss to the worst team in the Big Sky Conference, not named Idaho. But is, uh, is that Dallas up there joining us in Spokane? Dallas, you're muted. That's a good start. Dallas is Dallas in honor of Idaho playing like the worst game in the history of basketball. He's sprinting into a marathon mute session for listeners who are not live viewers. Dallas had a paper bag over his head, uh, but after two two failed unmuting attempts, he is here. I believe Dallas. How's it going? Yep, I forgot where I had the mute at. Um, see, guys, I I was so embarrassed by this loss, the worst game of basketball I've ever watched. I had to put a bag on my head, and I didn't even cut the eyes out. I didn't want to see the rest of that game. That was how bad that was. So, Brian, I am I am not doing well. How are you doing today? Well, here's the thing: we had a curveball. Usually, or not usually, sometimes you bring up soccer. At which point, I bring up my phone, and start dicking around. But you brought up the muting issue, and I was thinking maybe we could have a five-minute discussion on the on the mechanics of failing to unmute live because I've got some background there, I promise. But we're not, so I guess I'm disappointed because we have something else to talk about. Uh, joining us from Moscow, the side of the destruction, uh, so devastating that Martin, you, if you're a live viewer, you can see Martin's getting set up for where the firing squad is eventually going to get rid of him. That's a brick background, just so we don't have any ricochet. Uh, Martin, how's it going in, in Moscow? It's going great. It's a little cold there. It's I'm a year older now, so I am. I it, yeah, it's good to be back on the show again. I was so that devastated I forgot to announce that you're the you are the producer seducer in Moscow. So my my bad. Yep. Again, As and if you're watching live, it says it right below my name. And the very subtle there, it was Martin's birthday. Uh, just yesterday, I believe, Martin. Is that correct? Well, he got to celebrate today. Happy birthday to Martin. He got to celebrate with some NAU Idaho basketball. That's what everybody loves. <sighs> yeah, we're we're going to get into Around the Bar brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. But for uh, if you're a, a podcast listener, you're missing out right now. A producer, seducer, Martin, has a uh, very special... Uh, very special background for us to check out from Cooks Illustrated. It's uh, some directions on, could you scroll up to the top, Martin, so I can read that title. It's a uh, some great directions on vegetable cooking methods, which if you are one of our single-digit listeners, because we're talking basketball, you know the vegetable joke, but forever the me forcing us to talk Idaho basketball has been understood online as when Tubbs of the Club serves up veggies and Boy, do we have a day of veggies uh, coming up. So since we recorded last, uh, when we had our reprieve and talked football, Idaho has played three games uh, all at home. First, uh, last a week from today, uh, hosting Eastern Washington, Tribal Nations Night, best attended game of the year. 3,310 people show up to watch Idaho lose 73-66. to 66. It was Idaho's easily best defensive game of the year, but... Again, before I actually talk the Eastern game, Dallas got to put you on the shelf for a second. Look, guys, we know Idaho sucks. We know that bad teams have up and down performances. We know there's like the big takeaways that Idaho sucks. The end. Sometimes they're going to look good defensively. Sometimes going to look good offensively. But the we're not pretending there's some upward trajectory here. Idaho is a half game above last place in the conference right now because they're terrible. But we're just going to we're going to talk briefly about stuff that we saw. 
So in the Eastern game, Idaho has its best defensive outing uh, of the season, holds Eastern to 39% from the field. Uh, Idaho picks up the win. Isaac Jones scored 18 points, picked up nine rebounds. Devontae Moffitt scored 14 points, picked up five rebounds and six assists. That was a pre that game itself was pretty entertaining wire to wire. Easily the highlight to me of the, of the last three games, even though Idaho lost because Eastern Washington, they're undefeated in conference play. They're a good team. Uh, on Thursday, game was held in, at LCSC in Lewiston because of power outage in Moscow. Idaho narrowly edges third to last place Big Sky team, Northern Colorado, 84-82. An incredibly sloppy game in the first half. Pretty sloppy. Honestly, three quarters of the way through, Idaho looked like they'd completely given up. But uh, in the second half, Isaac, both Isaac Jones and Nigel Burris came up huge in the second half. Devontae Moffitt led Idaho on the game with 35 points on 24 shots. Jones picks up 21 points, eight rebounds on 11 shots. Nigel Burris, uh, 18 points on six and nine from the field, five rebounds. And then today, and I brought up that little background because look, you might read that those last two games as upward trajectory, being real competitive against the easily best team in the conference in Eastern, then picking up a win. You know, I mean, Northern Colorado is a team that can score, but their defense is as bad as Idaho's. That's why they are where they are. It's easy to read that as potential upward trajectory. Then today, Honestly, this is one of the most embarrassing Idaho games I've seen minus the COVID year because the COVID year was historically bad. Uh, Idaho loses 72 to 50 to now 4 and 12 in Big Sky play NAU, 8 and 21 on the year NAU. Of course, they have some sub D1 wins in there too. Uh, NAU was led by Nick Maines, who for a while Idaho made look like Larry Bird by giving the dude wide open shots. NAU is a bad basketball team. There's a reason they're near last place. The Idaho talent life should beat these guys for sure. Idaho had two guys show up at all for this game. Isaac Jones, 22 points, 13 rebounds. You'd think if a dude has a game like that, 22 points on 12 shots, that that would matter for Idaho. Dom Ford also 16 points on 12 shots. He was those, but those were the only two guys who showed up. Idaho shoots three of 20 from, from threes. NAU was getting essentially getting layup line defense and transition. Again, NAU is a bad team, but they got a ton of wide open looks. That's why Idaho was blown out by a, an absolutely awful basketball team. Uh, Dallas, we're only going to talk about these games for a few minutes. You've now been on the shelf for about three. Any takeaways you have uh, talking about on the court that you want to spend a minute on from the last few? Brian, I actually want to kick it back to you because I think you have the only ability to speak about this team in a slightly positive manner at this point. Let's go back to that Eastern game, seven point loss in Moscow. Obviously you don't, you want to win every game, but seven point loss to Eastern was a considerably better quote unquote loss than Idaho's had in, in quite a while. Talk us through what you saw in that and what was maybe some of the good points in that, in that game. So it'll be a brief talk. Uh, one, the Eastern game was competitive wire to wire. So that, that should be acknowledged. The crowd was great for, and it was tribal nations night hosting the Eastern game on tribal nations night. Seems like a brain dead thing to do for Idaho to the extent it's feasible later in the year held it as a double header. So the women's team also had probably their best attended game at ICCU as well. So want to acknowledge that part of a fun game with a good crowd. That should be the kind of game that a program can build momentum on emphasis on should. Um, defensively, Idaho looked better against Eastern than they have the entire year. It wasn't a schematic change. It was just, which, I mean, shocking then that in future games, nothing really changed for Idaho defensively. Idaho just looked a little more dialed in for the Eastern game. 
so they had some better stretches of man-to-man defense, but I mean, again, that didn't that didn't translate to anything against Northern Colorado and NAU. Idaho looked terrible defensively in both those games. Uh, defensive rating for Idaho against Northern Colorado, it's not yet posted for NAU, was 118.8. So there you go. Uh, Idaho has two total games in Big Sky play with a defensive rating below 100. So, I mean, it's just terrible, terrible defensive team. But there were moments against Eastern where the team was dialed in a bit more. Uh, also, as far as individual efforts, you know, I mean, Isaac Jones led the way with 18 points. He also had foul trouble, so he missed. Uh, he sat out 10, 10 minutes of, of the game, which typically he doesn't take a seat for that long. Uh, Dom, Devontae Moffitt shot four of 12, uh, shot way too many threes, but in spite of not having huge games from both those guys because uh, they were able to be to hold Angelo Allegre, the top scorer for Eastern, to – eight points on three of 13. The game was close, but I'd keep in mind Eastern didn't just, sorry. Eastern's performance was not just Idaho playing well defensively. Um, Idaho played its best defensive game while Eastern played their worst offensive game of the season. And Idaho, Idaho still found a way to lose, which then when you see the follow-up losses to two shitty teams, I mean, honestly, this was a round Robin this, these last two games of the three worst teams in the big sky record wise. And Idaho comes up one and one at home, including a 22 point loss to, to NAU. NAU is bad guys. And even, even just trying to talk positively about the, the defensive effort uh, against Eastern. Now again, Eastern shot worse than they've shot all season. 39% from the field, 29% from three, 61% from the free throw line. And they still beat Idaho by seven. It, it wasn't like, wasn't like Idaho went out there and absolutely just outclassed them. It was, Idaho offensively 37.5, 16%, 90% from three from field three and free throw. So terrible shooting night for Idaho, which is a theme that we're about to get into. Brian, can, can, it, I want to bring up one other thing too. Because yeah. we'll talk, we're we're gonna transition off these games pretty pretty quick to talk program wide, but these especially these last two games to me where against Northern Colorado, we did get a third score in Nigel Burris, but that they was carried against Northern Colorado by Devontae Moffitt in the first half. It's atrocious basketball when Devontae Moffitt is getting to, he took 13 of the team's first 30 shots of the game. It's the worst basketball in the world to watch, but hey, Moffitt did have a good game against Northern Colorado. Idaho doesn't win that game without Moffitt scoring at the level he did. So credit to Moffitt in that first half. But the the overall takeaway, guys, we've talked a ton about how coaching has lost Idaho games, and it, it absolutely has. There's some stuff we'll talk about program-wise that, you know, defense is not getting better. Defense Transition defense is embarrassing for like a JV high school basketball team right now. Mm-hmm. But we're running into another problem for Idaho, which is, look, every bad team is flawed. Honestly, every basketball team typically you'd say is flawed unless you're winning championships. Idaho, at look, their, their record right now, Vandals sit at four and eleven in Big Sky play, eight and eighteen versus Division One play on the season, five and nine at home. But that's actually three and nine at home because two of those wins were sub D one. Look, I bring all that up because we're also running into a talent issue on Idaho now, which I believe Idaho has the talent to beat teams like NAU. But if you, if Devontae Moffitt and Isaac Jones are going to be your core, the core offense for your team. Idaho has to surround them with more shooters and Idaho's shooter shot three of Idaho's wings shot three of 20 from three against NAU, 
Rashad Smith, I don't know what's happening to the guy. I don't mean this to make fun of him or something. Brian, like that. can I inter- interject you very quickly? You should point out those three three pointers were from Dominique Ford. He's the only person that hit okay. one. Only Dom Ford, and he was one of the only two Vandals who showed up against NAU. So credit Dom Ford for having a Dom Ford looked a little bit rough in the Northern Colorado game. Good for Dom Ford to have it for him to have a bounce back game. No one else did, uh, other than Jones. But this team, there's there are not enough shooters on this team for what Idaho needs to do. They essentially have to have huge games out of either Jones or Moffitt has to have a gigantic game for Idaho to win while the other one has a pretty big game. Otherwise there's just not enough shooters. Moffitt can't shoot to save his life outside of, outside of those penetrating shots. And he is a pretty relative to his assist average. He's a pretty bad reluctant passer. Yusuf Sali has, he's not hitting close to what Idaho thought he would be. I don't think anyone should have thought Rashad Smith was going to shoot 40% from three again, but I don't think anyone thought, Smith just looks like a broken basketball player. He truly looks like when he shoots, he's hoping the ball hits the hoop. And that's about it. They're just, they're, there's just not enough. Like Idaho's down to the point of like, they have a handful of guys who are virtually unplayable. Rashad Smith to me is virtually unplayable at this point. Yusuf Saul is one of the better defenders, but if he's going to brick wide open threes, like he's been doing, he becomes virtually unplayable. John Harge as a post is virtually unplayable. Yes. He's backup. Doesn't get that many minutes, but still, can really not play the guy much. Trey Smith, I know he had injury issues. He's only been able to fully practice for a little bit, but he's shooting exactly like, you know, in Dallas, when we talked about guys coming to this team last year, Dallas was pretty skeptical about a guy like Trey Smith being a difference maker. Well, Dallas mm-hmm. is right. He's shooting that sub 40%. He has a couple of games. He hits a few threes, but we're going through this. Idaho has a couple guys who are okay at hitting threes. Dom Ford stepped up today. Nigel Burris can hit threes too. But there, there just isn't a way for this Vandal team to win without Herculean effort from Jones and or Moffitt and then another and a big effort out of whoever doesn't have the Herculean effort. So here we are, end of year four. And yes, this is Klaus's best season because he's got 10 wins on the season, counting those two sub D1 wins, Dallas. But this is where I'm going to pitch it back to you because I think you've been holding back and I've been talking for like 90% of the time. Program wise, program wide now, man. Like you, you've messaged privately, and maybe this is a place to start with for you. Idaho's getting pretty good attendance. The environment is pretty good, and the product is terrible. This team isn't fun to watch at all, Dallas. So take it away, Brian. This team's fucking embarrassing. This whole program is fucking embarrassing. I am embarrassed to tell my coworkers that I follow this team. I got asked, "Hey, you got any plans this weekend?" Yeah, actually. Um, while you guys are all watching the Gonzaga game because you all went to Gonzaga, I'm watching Idaho basketball and doing a podcast about it. Oh, that's cool. It's, it's got to be fun, right? No, no, it's not. It's fucking dog shit basketball led by a fucking moron who has no idea what the fuck he's doing. You sit here and you, you say that, you know, Yusuf Sali, if he's going to keep breaking threes, he's unplayable. Rashad Smith, unplayable. Trey Smith, mostly unplayable. John Harge, unplayable. RJ Walker and Jack Hatton get off the bench once every 18 games. And outside of that, they don't do much. So we're down to Jones, Ford, Burris, and Moffat as guys we haven't ruled out as unplayable. Burris got four shots today. We've we've seen games where Burris gets one shot a game. There's there's just no there's no structure here. And it's it's very obvious. The game plan here is Isaac Jones and Devontae Moffat have to have incredible games. Otherwise, there's just there's no shot at winning. Brian, you brought up the Northern Colorado game. Moffat shot 50% 
from the line, or excuse me, from the field, 50% from beyond the arc, and 100% from the line. 12 to 24, 2 for 4 from 3, 9 for 9 free throws. And they still only beat Northern Colorado by 2 when Moffitt put in 35 points. That is the ceiling of this team, is Devontae Moffitt having an incredible game. Isaac Jones went out there 8 for 11, 5 for 6 from the line, 8 rebounds. So he's 21 and 8 there for his stat line. Those two guys had incredible all-league games, and they win by two. You come into this game, Moffitt just doesn't have it today. One for seven from the field, scores two total points, four turnovers to three assists. Brian, only two guys scored in double digits. Like you said, Jones and Ford are the only guys that scored in double digits. I can't hate on Burris and Sully and the Smiths and Harge. I can't hate on those guys for, for doing that. Like, that, yeah, that sucks, and realistically if Idaho's ever going to win a, a tournament you need players that are better than this it, it sucks to say that but these guys are not going to win the big sky conference but on the other foot you look at guys like Salih and the Smiths how are they expected to be any good if Rashad Smith goes out there and gets two shots today he got six each of the previous games but there's no structure here the entire offense is just give the ball to Moffitt let him dribble around until somebody's either wide open because they decide to double Moffitt or they try to throw it down to Jones. They don't even do that very frequently. But throw it down to Jones, let him try to score. There's no coaching going on. Their defensive rotations are non-existent. It's just match up with your man like you're playing rec league ball, and you're just going to stand here and you're going to block the guy. And if he gets around you, tough shit, you, he's going to score, move on. There's just no coaching here, Brian. And this is what's most fucking infuriating about this. You can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the, the, the mock-up photo of ICCU Arena. It's fucking beautiful. I've only been one time because I don't have any interest in watching Zach Kloss continue to murder this program anymore. And honestly, Brian, if Zach Kloss comes back, I'm done with this program. I cannot do this anymore. This is a fucking joke. It's almost like people on this podcast said, probably time to get rid of Zach Kloss. He's proven it over the previous three years. No reason to bring him back. But Brian, it takes time to build a program. And here we are. Zach Kloss finally got his 10th win of the season in this three-game stretch here. The first time in four fucking years he's won double-digit games. That's not even counting. If you take out the, the non-D1 games, we're still looking for 10 fucking wins, Brian. This is a joke. This is, this is fucking unacceptable. Vandal football, it took one fucking season to move on from Paul Petrino and Daddy Ball to launch Idaho back into the playoffs like, with mostly the same cast of guys. I think there's talent here. We've seen that there's talent here. There, this was absolutely a more talented team than Northern Arizona. But here we are pissing things away. We didn't even get into the fact that Zach Kloss is the reason they lost that Eastern game. They had a shot and he got teed up in the last two minutes. Gave Eastern two free free throws that put it away. This is this is just this is so fucking stupid, Brian. I'm I'm just angry. I know I'm the loud, angry guy. I am loud and angry. I fucking hate this. I do not understand why Zach Kloss is still here. Well, you do know why he's still here. It's because the athletic director is just wrong, has done wrong the whole time. And look, I want to talk about Klaus for a second. One point you brought up, and this is going to be a shock to people, this is actually about to be a defense of that Klaus. The referees in the Eastern game were reprimanded for the technical against Klaus. Um, that was a bad, that was a bad technical. I mean, it was awful for Idaho to take for it to take place for Idaho at the time. I typically tell people you don't get to complain about refs because the ref quality is applicable to the basketball quality. So you need to know that there are going to be poor poor fouls baked in. But I mean, the 
but he, he, Brian, probably, he probably shouldn't have got the tech. But he's the head does. coach. You can't put yourself in that situation. In a, in a, it's like Petrino when Petrino against Northern Colorado got that personal foul. Him and Mason both. Yeah. You can't put yourself in that situation. You're the head coach. You're supposed to be accountable. You're supposed to be the guy in charge of this fucking shit. Oh, and dude, I'm with you on him being wrong on virtually everything. That's why I said it'll be a surprise. It is a very narrow defense of if the refs were reprimanded by their supervisors for that call, it shouldn't have taken place. Idaho still loses that game without that technical anyway, because Idaho lost one point on that technical. They ended up losing the game by seven. So again, that's not a defensive clause. I think I have been the most public person online forever saying clause should be fired. And look, the, the issue he has and the issue people like you and me have is Kloss hasn't had one day on the job as a legitimate figure. Uh, Pete Isaacson, sorry, Chuck Staben, honestly, one of the worst things he did was firing Don Verlin. Not that we're married to Don Verlin, man. We're not pretending that, but uh, I'd easily, I'd rather have two more years of Don Verlin earning, uh, getting fired or turning the program back around. But anyway, we all know the process of bullshit firing of Don Verlin. Then Klaus gets promoted as third assistant, which should never have happened. So a fan base immediately does not view the guy as legitimate, but you, you can turn that around Dallas by winning games. Then Idaho does it, does a look there. They were bad in Klaus's first year as an interim. However, that was easily his best defensive team because it was a lot of, of there's a few Verlin holdovers and some of the Verlin coaching hires were, were still there. Not saying they fixed everything they didn't, but defensively that was objectively the best team Klaus has had was his first year. From then on, First off, he should never have then have been given the extension. Golic made one of the dumbest, most, again, and I know she, you can read the press release about how the guy was right under our nose and he's done all the right things. She came on this show later and all she could say was he was a good rule follower. So anyway, that was a terrible, terrible extension. But again, even after those first two years, had he won games, Dallas, with the new arena, there was energy for people to say like, okay, whatever, it sucked, but now we're okay. We'll, we'll accept being okay. But no, like he just keeps losing and losing and losing and losing. There's new ways Idaho loses all the time. And obviously you can't put everything on a coach for sure because they're not playing. But Idaho is catastrophically terrible defense year in and year out. You can't put that. Look, sometimes shots don't go in Dallas. Eastern almost lost to Idaho because shots were not going in. So look, Idaho's going to have those games too, like the 320 from three. But one, scoring 50 points is indefensible if Isaac Jones is on your team. But t- and two defensively, they were worthless against Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona is the least talented team in the big sky. This there is to me, there's no debating, even though this is a down year in the big sky, there's like four teams that that don't suck in the big sky. So differentiating that bottom tier of six teams, truly it's coaching and execution. That's separating why a team like Idaho state is above Idaho in the big sky standings or explaining why a team like Sacramento state in year one with a new coach, not enough time to turn the town around is way above is above Idaho in the in big sky play. But like, again, dude, we have the we have the gorgeous arena. We have attendance. We have the potential for something great being thrown out the window right now because that clause is a coach. We're getting relatively good attendance right now compared to having a terrible team. I mean Dallas, you, you can not tell me that attendance would not be better if Idaho was above 500 and that, that in ICCU would be a rocking kick-ass place to be every single weekend. It'd be worth planning 
your weekends around getting to games at times. I'm like you. I've been to one game this year because mm-hmm. I got a free ticket. And because we were just in Moscow anyway. I I emailed Terry Gollick last year. I'm not – I wasn't going to plan my life around going watch, to watch a Zach Kloss team no. live. Uh, so, look, I, I'm not any different from you, Dallas. I, I'm disgusted with this. Uh, there's no upward trajectory to talk about. Separately now, we're this deep into the season – if Klaus is coming back, to, which he better not, but look, let's pretend he is. Terry's making catastrophic mistake by not announcing he's coming back because he has to recruit. So I have to hope that means he's just done. And this is being kept quiet because, you know, Terry wanted to wait a very long time to announce firing Paul Petrino. You're welcome, Terry. Uh, fingers crossed something like that happens when I know basketball because no, this, this is disgusting. All the messaging I get from people in the game are people who would want to be positive about Team Dallas, but the you have a game. Look, even the Northern Colorado game was sloppy as hell. Glad they came together, but it was, a, it, was a, it was, that was not a good basketball game. That was your classic two shitty teams play each other. Someone has to leave the arena with a win. Mm-hmm. And then today I, I honestly felt like I was back to watching the COVID team. It was, it was like watching the COVID team without any of the fun. The COVID team was so bad that we made fun of it, of his, how historically bad they were. This team isn't historically bad. This team is just bad. And that, then that sucks. Like, the historically bad COVID thing was at least like a, okay, there's a bunch of excuses for Zach Kloss. So oh, it's the COVID year. Oh, he didn't get a full year in charge. Like, okay, there's all these excuses. We thought all of them were bullshit at the time, but it was at least funny enough that it was like, okay, sure. We'll play along. We'll we'll poke fun at how terrible the defense is at how just honestly asininely bad that team was. It was, it was unfathomable how terrible that team was. And that was at least fun just like making fun of it and now it's it's gotten just enough better that you see that the ceiling of this team is maybe if the best player on every other squad blew out an acl maybe this team would go 500 but with zach Kloss at the helm it's it's pretty obvious no this is this isn't going anywhere zach Kloss, 20 wins in three years since he was named the the head coach brian when he had the interim tag pulled he has won 20 total games you play about 30 a year He's won ton, 20 total in three years. And it's, it's it's sad that we're even sitting here. This is how little we think of Terry Golick and how little we think of how she has handled the basketball team since she's been here. We are sitting here having a conversation that this guy might be back here next year. If this was any other program that gave half a shit about winning or half a shit about their fan base, Zach Kloss would have been gone after the interim year. I mean, we've, we've seen that with Sac State. They brought in David Patrick. It was like, nope, hey, we gave the guy a year. Nope, sorry, David Patrick, you're in. Like, you can churn coaches out. It Rebuilds do not take four to five years like we've been told. We saw it with football. It happens in basketball. Rebuilds do not take this amount of time. This is this is a, this is is just, it's baffling, Brian. It's baffling. Yeah, Jason Mayer in the comments section, shouldn't we want to end the class era now? Yeah, yeah, I, I honestly... For the sake of keep, if you think there's pieces worth keeping on this team, I think the announcement should may, be made pretty damn quick. Because uh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, the team, the announcement happens, uh, the team rallies around the guy departing. We, Idaho picks up a couple wins, but there's no way. I mean, first off, heading into next year, there's like max three guys. I think Idaho should even be that excited about coming back. I'm not counting the red shirts like Titus Year out because I, we we, have, we don't know how to talk about Titus Year out having never seen the dude play. But of the guys we've seen play, I mean, honestly, it's like Jones, Burris, and uh, Ford. 
are like the three pieces that I would hope are back for next year. Otherwise we have some guys graduating, so it's a non-issue, but I mean, I'm not concerned about this team losing people other than those three. So if announcing Klaus is leaving, let means Idaho loses guys who the other than those three, who cares? But uh, I got, got to bring this up Dallas. Cause you're talking about squandered opportunity and Klaus got to have the easiest schedule in the world out of conference wise. But then, and this isn't a thing he can know about while scheduling his games. The Big Sky is way again. It's way down talent-wise this year. Why don't go the records, Dallas? I said there were four okay teams in the Big Sky, and four four is the number. At the end. So Eastern leads the conference fourteen and zero as while we record on Saturday at two thirty-seven. Montana State number two at eleven and three. Weber's nine and five in conference play. Montana's eight and six in conference play. Those are the only teams with winning records right now in Big Sky play. The remaining six. The top team has six wins. PSU and Idaho State both have six wins. Even with how terrible Idaho's been in conference, they still have four wins. So Idaho winning a few games could seriously have vaulted them to the top half of the conference, which is a preposterously easy schedule, both non-conference and conference on the season. And Idaho is still in the second to last, just a half game better than Northern Arizona because Idaho's played one fewer game than Northern Arizona, meaning one fewer chance to pick up a loss. And the defensive efficiency, got to bring this up because we, hey, because we've talked about in the out of conference, unbelievably easy for Idaho, like bottom 20 schedule in the nation. Defense did not change overall for Idaho. Ken Palm defensive efficiency, number 340 in the nation. Well, you shift that to conference play. Their actually their their raw score in non-conference is one one thirteen point nine. In conference play, it's one thirteen, so it's tenth worst in the conference, also known as last. Nothing has changed, guys. They can't guard anyone. There's more athletic talent on this team than any year Klaus has had. They still can't guard anyone. A lot to me, look, some of its players making mistakes for sure. A lot of it's schematic. We've seen other teams look much more sophisticated defensively than Idaho does. It's, that happens day in and day out. This just has to end. This absolutely has to end. People should should start emailing Terry Golick. I probably will again. Uh, that we don't have, we know that Terry clearly doesn't care about the fan perspective on what to do, but like what you can at least annoy her, uh, with how basketball, how bad basketball has been. If they're going to waste your time being terrible, you can waste her time with some emails for her to, uh, send her likely like templated response. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Tell me to do Dallas. Like, I, like I want to support the players cause you know, and I love basketball. I love Idaho, but this is, we're in year four of Zach Kloss being terrible counting Verlins last year. It's a half decade of dumpster fire basketball that mm-hmm. we should have moved on a long time ago. If, if Idaho doesn't move on, man, I don't know what to do. I, I truly don't. If Idaho doesn't know what doesn't move on, I'm going to be emailing Scott green every single day until Terry Golic is fired. That is my promise to you. If like, she's not going to, they fired. do not move on. Well, then Scott Green's going to get a whole lot of emails from me yeah. for the rest of his life because this is this is unacceptable. This is this is what the athletic director is here for. The athletic director is not here to meet compliance goals. The athletic director is not here to schmooze people and shake hands and make people feel good. The athletic director is here to balance the budget and win games. If the balance if the budget has been balanced, is Idaho winning games? Football, yes. I wouldn't give her a ton of credit on that. Eck wasn't her first choice. 
You look at the rest of her hires, Brian, they've not been particularly great. I know the jury's still out because a lot of them are, are fresh. The volleyball looked really bad this year, but again, you got to give the guy at least one more than one year. Zach Claus is four years in, and we have Brian. The fact that we are sitting here debating and and truly deep down afraid that Zach Claus might come back, that is everything that I need to know about Terry Golick. That is that is unacceptable. If this was if we were at a school that wasn't the University of Idaho, if we were at any sort of school that gave half a shit about the rest of their athletics, this would not have ever happened. Zach Kloss would never have gotten a three-year contract, much less gotten to see the three-year contract out, much less gotten to a point that we're talking about, Jesus, is she seriously going to bring this guy back? There's no way she can bring this guy back, right? Holy crap, is he going to come back? This this whole situation is turbo-fucked. This, if Idaho had a functioning athletic department, this would never have fucking happened. But here we are, trying to pick up the pieces of this, just hoping that Terry Golick is finally going to fall ass backwards into the right decision. And that's, that is not okay to me. I don't give a shit how well she landed the Eck again. Eck wasn't even her first choice. I don't give a shit. If you are struggling this bad with your basketball program and you have committed to this guy being your guy, and we are afraid he's going to be back next year. This is wrong. I have no disagreement whatsoever. Like the reason I brought up Terry's not going to be fired is because other stuff in the athletic department's working out, like fundraising's working out. Her hires guys who do like some of the outreach for the program, the social media presence. That obviously those were good hires. Um, the concern you and I both have is uh, look at even Eck was a good hire. Objectively, Eck was a great hire. You're right. She was not. He was not the first one offered the job. But hey, it's who we got. Idaho is not different from other schools that sometimes the first guy doesn't take your job at Montana state. Brent vegan was the fifth offer to take over the football program. He's done fine, but I am concerned about the compass on the other hires because look, it's her broken compass that gave us Zach Kloss for this long. It's been her broken compass. That's not gotten rid of the guy yet. Uh, volleyball is the sport. She claims is her, is her wheelhouse and the coaches deserve time, but the early returns are, Far from promising, uh, fingers crossed that changes, but I'm, I just, we, we need to tell fans the search firm is, is getting a list of guys. That's it. We, we can, t we could go for a long time talking about different parts of Idaho basketball, not working, not being worth watching unless you're a hardcore fan, you know, like the games at ICCU are fun. If you, the tickets aren't super expensive. It's a, it's easily the best environment in the league. It's an environment so good that a shitty basketball team like Idaho can have one of the best environments in the league. That's a credit to uh, that. Terry doesn't deserve credit for that because she was not involved in the planning organization phase of ICCU, but Idaho has that asset. And I bring this up because I want to pivot to if Idaho ever gets a new coach. Cause uh, Idaho basketball historically is not littered with conference championships. Last NCAA tournament appearance was 1990, I believe. I've had people asking what are the actual expectations Idaho basketball should have. And I just got to tell you the big sky conference is way worse now than it was in the early two thousands. If Idaho was the, the best facility in the entire conference and look, even the, the destination cities Idaho is competing with are actually Bozeman and Missoula. Portland is not a destination city for big sky conference level recruits. It's truly the, those two plus maybe Ogden. If Idaho with that asset, and not having that tough cities to compete with can't win big sky basketball. I, I guess I completely reject the premise. 
you look at how bad the conference has been. Look, Cheney with Eastern doesn't have like the worst basketball facility. Of course, they have some upgrades, but still it's got that Soviet style look. Eastern is dominating big sky play. If Eastern can do that, Idaho has a more favorable, let's say environmental variables than Eastern Washington has. So my expectations are if a competent dude was running the show, Idaho could easily turn it around basketball wise, but that's a huge asterisk having a competent guy running the show. We haven't seen that for four years. And honestly, Verlin was pretty shitty his last year too. So it's been half a decade since uh, we've seen a lot of competence on the sideline in Idaho. Um, I don't know, man. I'm going to throw the wheel to you, right? Brian, it is something I think we need to to just kind of clarify for everybody. Brian, do you remember the last time that there was that the Big Sky got higher than a 14 seed in the NCAA tournament? Uh, so you mean like a 13 seed? Yeah. Uh, good God, I don't know because uh, it would it would have been pre 2014 because East that East that good Eastern team in 2014 was a 14 seed. Uh, it was actually, it was the 2014, 2015 Eastern team. That was a 13 seed that lost to Georgia. I was close. I was close. Other, so, and that was, that team was phenomenal. That team uh, was one of Jim Hayford's last squads with Eastern. That team was, was great. I was, I, I covered that was, I that was back long enough that I was in TV still. I, in those I loved watching that team. Like Tyler Harvey, man. Tyler Harvey was awesome. Those, yeah. those teams were fun. That team, like that was good big sky basketball and they were getting, a 13 seed yeah uh, this is this year is it's got to be a 16 seed i i can't i would be shocked if uh, 15 is eastern's gonna have to go on a hell of a run they're gonna have to win win out from here and look real damn good in the big sky tournament i think to get a 15 or even i think eastern, into a 14 i but. think eastern could nudge into a 14 but i think the the conference overall is and it only eastern could do that i think if montana yeah. state were the team that mm-hmm. made it i don't think montana state deserves higher than the 16 seed no God no, and that's like that's that's what's so Idaho. frustrating here. Yeah, they exactly. That's what's so frustrating here. The Big Sky is the most winnable it has been in a very long time, and yet Idaho committed to here's this incredible brand new arena. We've been working on this for thirty years, so we're gonna give this nice guy a shot. Jason Mayer in the comments again. If you're any other coach at Idaho, why would you worry about getting fired as long as Kloss stays employed? You really need to underperform. As long as you're nice, it, like it's true. Zach Kloss has won 20 games in three years, and from our understanding last year, Brian, there weren't a whole lot of people in the athletic department that thought he was coming back, except the one person who it really mattered the most. That's why we're here. There's one person outside of Zach Kloss's family that thinks Zach Kloss is the right guy for this job, and unfortunately, that one person out there is the person who has the final say. Okay, and this is okay. I'm glad you talked because I. Listeners could tell like your frustration, Dallas, it becomes more visceral and like a little more like, like yes. directly emotive. Yeah. My frustration is more like just right. I've, I've written off, I've written off, I've written off so many expectations get to the point of like, okay, what, what the hell? I'm the one who makes us record these. What the fuck's the point? But the, uh, the thing I want to bring up is as far as like Idaho expectations, like we already talked level playing big sky Dallas, but another thing, man, the big sky is actually an attractive place for guys to begin their careers because there's not a dominant Gonzaga type of program that outclasses teams with players and is outclassing schools with resources. Even the Montana schools that have more resources, Dallas, because of the way the state of Montana funds education, that's built off don't a huge supportive donor base that shows up to games, which is to say it's not as dominant an advantage as you would expect. I mean, the, 
Montana, University of Montana is a great example. They actually need to redo some stuff with with both of their both their facilities, both Washington Grizzly and Dahlberg. They're great places, but they need some renovations. They need they need some upgrades. And those have not taken place because in spite of how good Montana is, they don't have the institutional support, meaning institutional dollars of a place like Northern Arizona, where there's huge athletic fees that, that all students pay, even though NAU attracts like 12 people per game. Which is to say, if you're a first year coach, first you have your first D1 head coaching job, Dallas, your first, uh, first, first coaching job overall as a head coach, this is a conference. If you show up and know how to recruit, know how to game plan, you can compete for the championship right away. Look at David Riley in Eastern. Completely re- had to completely rebuild that from the studs up. Did inherit Steel Ventures. That's about it. And Ventures hadn't, didn't play during Leggins' final year, so like we, there was no reason to know Steel Ventures was going to be as good as he he's turned out to be. Look at Danny Sprinkle. Montana State for twenty some years was five hundred ish level basketball. He's there and they've won a con- they've already made the NCAA tournament. They're now a perennial top team in the Big Sky Conference. It just doesn't take very long in the Big Sky Dallas to completely turn teams around. It just we we just went over two examples that are like three years old total. And Idaho's in well, year four. And Brian, I, I know I know that you have love for the warehouse, but you look at the Sac State program and and what Brian Katz did there for a long time. They were, they had a couple of years where he won you know, close to twenty games, and then other than that, they were mostly just five hundred at all times. He steps down. Brandon Laird is the interim coach for one year. Doesn't do a good enough job. They can him. They bring in David Patrick, and we haven't harped on this enough. I don't think Sac State, other than the fact that they have more students, I don't know if Sac State is a better basketball job than Idaho. I might be a little bit biased, but I would say, fuck no, it's not. David Patrick coached at Arkansas, coached at Oklahoma, coached at LSU. He's the reason that Ben Simmons went to LSU. Now, Ben Simmons, that's a whole other discussion. That guy's been a, like a huge bust in the NBA from what he should have been. That's the guy that Sac State brought in because he was looking to start his head coaching here. He'd been a head coach at UC Riverside before the and, pandemic. Well, and hey, pause you and get you back to your point. Yep. He coached at Riverside for two years and turned the program into a winning program immediately. Exactly. Not like not dominant, but they were over 500 their se- his second year there. So they're one of the best Rivers. Yeah, exactly. One of the best teams <laughs> Riverside had. He, it doesn't take that long to turn the shit no. around. Back to you. And that's, that's the kind of thing that Idaho. Idaho could be that. It does not take five years to turn this this around, especially when you have this incredible arena that you have great facilities. Now you can bring kids into this program. But yet here we are committing to Zach Kloss for this amount of time when there are there are teams out there, Brian, that that would there's guys out there that would do the exact thing you're talking about, using Idaho as a stepping point, their first job on their way to huge success. That's what this program could be, not. This is the highlight of Zach Kloss's career. The guy will never get a better job than this. It's never going to happen. This is the highlight of this guy's career. Idaho should not be that for basketball. I mean, I would love for Idaho to be a basketball destination, winning the Big Sky Tournament every single year, and maybe stealing a game in the NCAA Tournament once a decade. But this, this is what Idaho can be. Idaho can have good coaches and good talent come through here and turn this into a program where winners just exist but instead we've committed to Zach Kloss because he's a nice guy. Yeah. You're, you're describing Idaho. Here, here's the question you're answering Dallas. 
and th this might sound dramatic relative because people understand resources. Could Idaho basketball become Eastern Washington? Because that's what Eastern's become since Jim Hayford. Jim Hayford turned the program around. He was picked up from Whitworth. Jim Hayford left to Seattle U. Look, he, he didn't work out Seattle U, but it moved him up, moved him up in the in the world of basketball. It moved him up financially. Shante Leggins takes over for Jim Hayford, goes to Portland. Now that's not a move up basketball wise. Eastern's a better school basketball wise, but it's a better conference, better paycheck. Mm -hmm. And now David Riley's in there. He's turned it around. You know, if David Riley wants to leave, he's going to have a chance to rotate on up. Maybe it's not a better team than Eastern, but it's a better situation to set himself up for the future. That's just Eastern over what? 10 years. Something like that. 10 years. Yeah. Then, right. They're going to have three guys who have been able to, to walk in, have a good program. And then they move up. I, that's so yeah i think i know easily could become that resource wise but uh we're not before we get back to you dallas we have to at least get to one of our two ad reads so that we're not doing back-to-back -back ad reads at like one hour and 30 minutes into the show so uh dallas what about those guys over at hughes river oh baby i could talk all about hughes river brian and i think i'm gonna get nice and seductive talking about it if you are looking for a great, all-inclusive, week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976. They're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. You can check out special trips like one to see the Persed Meteor Shower, camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. Just bring your clothes, let HRE handle the rest. Grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now, 800-262-1882, or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Yeah, dude, so uh, honestly, I'd almost rather talk about Hughes River where uh, you can do it as a big corporate trip if you want. You can also do it as a family. Just give them a call. they take care of everything. Or like um, Martin dropping us in, Dallas got me horny for HRE. If you feel like you're horny for HRE, give him a call. Absolutely should, dude. Call him, call him does kick-ass stuff. So, Dallas, I got a question for you, man. We're, Idaho has played 16 Big Sky games. We're, the season is very, very close to over. If you guys are listening, you're hearing me scroll down. Idaho has three games left. Uh, so actually, honestly, we have like a week left to talk big Idaho basketball before the conference tournament. We have uh, next week that Idaho plays the Thursday, Saturday, Monday rotation of on the road Thursday at Idaho State, on the road Saturday at Weber State, at home Monday, February 27th for senior night. Big Sky Conference Championship starts March 4th. So we've got three games left in the season, one home game. Tom Kendall, the comment section saying 0-3. Oh, well, well, of course, that's that should be the expectation on the road for Idaho State and Weber. The Idaho. Well, I mean, maybe you say that. I'm now contradicting myself. Idaho's 3-9 and nine against D1 teams at ICCU. Against D1 teams on the road, Idaho is 4-9. So virtually the exact same. Of course, the, some of those road games are OCC against awful teams. Jason Mayer in comment section saying, cough, cough, spring football is coming. Thank God. But we got three, three games left. What are you hoping for in these final three? To be completely honest with you, Brian, 
I am hoping Idaho loses by 20 each of the next three games. And I really hope that they go into the Big Sky Conference tournament and go into that 7-10-8-9 game, and I hope they just get a fucking Cleveland steamer just right on them. That's what I'm hoping for, Brian. I really, I really need this team to just bottom out so bad that there is no possible way Terry Golick can continue to double and triple down on the same bullshit mistakes she made three years ago. Leadership is about knowing when you fucked up, owning it, and fixing it. If Terry Golick has oh, any mean, bit of leadership qualities in You mean her, Mike Kloss in the preseason presser? Yes, exactly. Thank you, Brian, for bringing that back up. As we talked about how defensively Idaho's never gotten better, all we were told in the preseason press conference was it was the players' fault. Players, Last year's scheme. players were the problem. It's got to yep. be them. It was personnel, not scheme. Yep, and here we are, still just as dog shit as ever. The conference got worse, and we did too. Fucking awesome, Terry Golick. Fucking awesome job. Yeah, we got the comments, comment thread. Um, Captain58 saying, all practices open to the public, talking spring football, which is the right call. Uh, Jason Mayer, hope an assistant takes over. This late in the season, it's obviously not going to happen, Jason, but I'm 100% with you. Tom Kendall, yeah, I'm now cheering for a full epic tanking. See, and that's that's the awful place that I think a lot of fans are in, is you want to root for the, the athletes. You want to root for the students. You want them to have the best experience they can. But you are terrified because of the... The bar for Zach Kloss in his career has been subterranean. So the what the fan, fans are terrified of is if Kloss finds a way to end his, what, five-game losing streak to Idaho State, that somehow that's going to matter. Or if beating an okay Montana team at home on senior night happens, fans are terrified that's going to matter. The thing I'm terrified of is what if Idaho, the way the Big Sky Conference tournament set up, uh, it's a, you know, 10 teams are in the top six have buys. So the bottom four are essentially in two play in games, which then makes it an eight team bracket. So it's a normal bracket after those first two games, the bottom four teams who play those play in games, it's the bottom four teams in the league. So look, two teams are going to pick up big sky conference wins against shitty teams. Cause it's going to be shitty team versus shitty team. And someone has to leave Boise with wins in both of those games. I'm terrified that if Idaho picks up a, a big sky conference tournament win, like rematch, let's say against, let's say it's NAU Idaho in the 10, nine game, 10th place being last place that winning that game is going to somehow matter. So what I'm hoping to look for is honestly just some fun basketball. NAU is not fun. I'm, I'm over expecting or hoping for wins because I know what to expect. It's if we can have entertaining games, I'm going to call that. Okay. And I, I just, last season because Idaho beat some beat two good teams. Idaho beat Weber state and South Dakota state. Those two good games. Now, of course they shot lights out. We, you and I talked about it at the time. That's not generalizable. It was a very good night for Idaho at the end. Then Idaho beat two. Okay. Teams at home, Montana and Eastern. Both those teams finished nine, uh, 11 and nine in conference. So like, okay, slightly above 500. That seemed to matter in terms of people's energy and expectations for the team and having the, the preposterous narrative that Idaho was like kind of getting it together because they won a few games in a row and lost a bunch. I don't think people have, I don't think it's possible to have that narrative now when you watch this team. I mean, the team itself against Northern Colorado, the team looks like it's giving up right now, Dallas against Northern Colorado. I send our discord hashtag only tub, patreon.com backslash tubs, the club that uh, Idaho looked like they'd given up. And then Jones and Burris really got together. Second half that kind of catalyzed things. This game Again, for Dominic Ford and Isaac Jones are the only guys who showed up. This is a defeated-looking team. We just 
we gotta pull the plug, dude. I can't even blame him for that. Like it sucks. I feel I feel so much pain for for some of these guys, especially the guys like Yusuf Sali and Rashad Smith that I'm assuming came back last year because they probably bought into the coach's bullshit that things are going to be better this year. I expect Sali bought into it. Rashad Smith had no choice. He he he'd used his D1 transfer. So he was he needed to either play or quit. So if he was going to play, he's going to play for Idaho. And he's a he's been a shell of himself. He's shooting 20% from threes on the year. Yeah. I mean, this Brian, this whole team, like you, it's it's so hard to judge these guys because there's a point where you look at this, like how much of this is on Zach Kloss and how much of this is on this team just not being good enough. And everything I see with my eyes, and I I have glasses, I have pretty rough vision, I had lazy eyes as a kid, so hey, there this might be, you know incorrect but everything i see is that zach Kloss is the problem here brian that yes the program needs to it, this is not a well-constructed team we need better shooters if you're going to have a dominant post and a position dominant point guard you need to have three shooters around them that's not what's here but that's that's not the fault of sali or rashad smith that's the fault of the coach not getting them into opportunities they have any shot at succeeding in. i can't like Fuck, if I had Steph Curry shot, maybe I could survive on this basketball team, but how are you sp- supposed to be any good if you're the entire fucking 27 minutes Yusuf Sali played today is stand in the corner when the, the ball comes to you, maybe you'll get to shoot it, but the ball's not going to come to you more than once every five possessions. So just stand there, play hard defense, and then on the offensive end, just go take a break in the corner. How are you supposed to be any good with that? Brian, this is like this is in like circling back to the original discussion. Like, I just don't think Zach Kloss knows what the fuck he's doing. It's, no, it's, it's very obvious he doesn't. So, just to, to I want to state the subtext that you have there. You're saying, look, Idaho's not going to be a good team because this is a flawed roster, even with great coaching. Like, 500 in a bag, bad Big Sky conference is the absolute ceiling this yeah. team has. With that understanding, this I don't think Idaho's not the least talented team in the league. So, no, and, God, and, no. But now, part of it, this is I'm not. I'm not going to hang Rashad Smith shooting. Rashad Smith looks like a broken basketball player. And again, I'm not defending Claus, but I'm not going to put Rashad Smith on Claus. Like Claus can't go out there and make him look like he has a prayer of making a jump shot. And then like, I know you brought up in this game, Smith took two shots. Well, it's two more than he should have. He's two of his last 14. He Rashad Smith simply should not be playing at this point. He, he looks like he is hoping to hit the hoop when he shoots. I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm sorry. Whatever is happening for him, I'm sorry. Sorry, that's his experience. But he's unplayable now. Um, I'm not going to put that one on Klaus. But what I will put on Klaus is this team doesn't have enough shooters. That you know, you you were talking about how tough it, it would be to fit in. Completely agree with you. But again, like you got to circle back. Who brings the guys to Moscow? And the guy who brought the, these guys to Moscow didn't bring enough shooters. He should have known his teams need to score like 80 points a game because he's a terrible defensive coach. We've seen that year in and year out. It does not change. This, look, that's why we talked about the Sac State game being such a nightmare where Idaho shoots 63.5% and bare, like it takes overtime to win the game. That's how narrow the margin of the margin of error this team has because they can't guard anyone. So to win any games, Idaho's got to put Idaho needs a roster like Northern Colorado's to have a prayer with wins, but that's not who they have. This is the most talented roster classes recruited. And there's still a few guys short. There's still a few contributors short. How many years should it take? I'm ready to get to do Nick Davis's ad read, unless you got a final point. 
No, I think Brian, the only final point I've got is even, even looking at Isaac Jones and seeing that there's so much talent there. And I mean, a, if Idaho is a, just a notch better, he'd probably win player of the year. I don't think he's going to do that. Um, I think he'll probably be on the, be on the first conference team, but you see that guy and think, wow, if there is a decent coach around here, this guy would probably be maybe not a Vandal legend, but he'd be up there along the names of like guys like Kyle Barone that like that carried decent teams for this program. I don't even care if Isaac Jones doesn't come back, Brian. I'm this is how frustrated I am with Zach Kloss. I am ready to make a full, complete, clean snap. Don't bring a single player back. Don't bring a single assistant back. That's how fucking done I am with this program. I'm I'm willing to sit here and say, hey, look, if if we lose an, a first team all big sky guy and that's what it takes to get rid of the coach, so be it. That's that's how fucking done I am with this team. See, Isaac Jones is almost the only reason I can get through games because he, he's fun to watch. Um, I I don't I don't disagree with your basic premise that if if the choice is new coach and no one comes back or Kloss is there to keep Jones there, then obviously I'm fine for that reset. But presuming there's a new coach, which I, I just got to bring this up, like we're annoyed we're annoyed with Terry because we should be, but it would be a new level of dumb, which is saying something because she hired Zach Kloss in the first place. It would be a new level of dumb to be bringing Zach Kloss back and have not said anything by now. He's in his lame duck year. Like what? Yes. What is like? What is he going to show in the last four four games of the season that he hasn't Brian, shown the last four years? Let me correct you here. The idea to bring Zach Kloss in for a lame duck season was already a brain dead move. Oh, You're already already completely shooting yourself in the foot and just wasting this entire year. This entire year has been a waste. Even if Zach Kloss had fucking ran undefeated into the NCAA tournament. You're sitting here with a guy who doesn't have a contract next year. How are you supposed to recruit better players if the guy that's out there recruiting is, hey, he might not be here next year? The, 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 this whole fucking thing should have never happened. And every step of the way, Terry Golick has continued to double down on the mistake, which at some point you have to realize the seventh time you shit down your pants, maybe it's time to put a diaper on. No, 100%. Look, Idaho basketball is a joke. In, in big sky circles, every big sky media figure I talk to, every dude involved with the podcast, honestly, anyone who pays attention, Idaho basketball is viewed as a joke, which sucks for the players. It sucks for fans like us, but that's the, that is the, what four years of Zach Kloss has bought us is Idaho being a joke. So look at mm -hmm. if, again, if he's, if Kloss is coming back, Terry has managed to botch this in an even more impressive way. There's almost nothing that you could do botch worse than bringing Kloss back in the first place but the fact of having heard no announcement about him coming back would be indefensible for having any sort of chance at recruitment throughout this year and during this time is when a lot of recruitment is taking place a lot of places are making offers so fingers crossed that matters it's just if you don't have a lot of people don't have trust in terry because she hired the guy in the first place and hasn't fired him yet uh we got to talk about nick davis and i think dallas and i both made a cluster may uh tactical error by not talking bass by not talking about this because we hate we hate the season so much hey uh nick davis does kick-ass metal work that is a an original king spud you can get that from nick davis you cannot get it get it anywhere else martin if you turn the camera to me that is a king spud original you can't get that anywhere else i bring that up because look nick does all the idaho logos logos retro ones and current ones nick also does custom pieces 
He Dallas has an LA Rams logo that maybe he's going to show in the background. I ordered a Washington. There it is. I ordered a Washington state logo for my little brother. Dallas has a grumpy Joe. So yeah, that's the retro. Uh, Nick Davis does kick-ass stuff. Get a hold of tubs of the club. You can do it via the tubs of the club, Facebook. You can do it via Twitter at tubs of the club or at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of Nick Davis on Twitter as well. Uh, Anyway, you get a hold of us. We'll make sure you get connected. Nick Davis is kick-ass stuff. Support Vandals should support Vandals. That's why we support Nick Davis. So with that being said, we're going to pivot to Martin's Magic Minute in one second. No, actually, yeah, we're just going to go there because we'll keep the glimmer of sunshine and rainbows. No, we will not pivot to Martin's Magic Minute uh, to give Martin a second to get ready. The glimmer of sunshine and rainbows that we have coming up, Martin, is I just want to bring this up. Spring football, dude. The practice schedule's out. They're all open to the public. Starts March 28th. Uh, the practice schedule isn't daily. There's the there's practice on March 28th and March 30th. That's Tuesday, Thursday, and March, and then April 1st, 4th, 6th, 11th, 13th, 15th, 18th, 20th, 22nd, 25th. Spring game itself is Friday, April 28th at 6 p.m. in Moscow. So uh, start making your plans. I'm going to do my best to beat the spring game and hit a few practices. That's the good news, guys, is we have, you know, I asked Dallas, hey, what are you looking for these next four games? Well, probably for them to end. So then we can talk about spring football. And with that said, Martin, do you have anything down about spring football? Or are you ready for the magic minute? Uh, I'm just excited we can finally start. Hopefully the shit show that is Claus will be over soon in four more games. Uh, I'll just give a quick I, – I don't know how to say it other than looking – I'm going to make this a very quick Martin's Magical Minute because that's what they all say it is. Uh, it is uh, – there was a shitty game today uh, uh, for them, women's team against Northern Arizona. Yes, they won against Northern Colorado and Eastern Washington, but kind of have they, – they kind of fell down face first because they made came back and were ahead by a point or two in the NAU game and then just lost it in the end. Uh, at least they were able to turn it around against. They were able. They were playing a lot better, so I'm not too concerned after the five game losing streak that happened and the super downer Martin's magical ten minute session that was after a game once. Uh, it look they're looking better. The, those parts are there. This is going to probably be a. I'm not too worried. They're looking better though. That's all I got. I'll be more yeah. in depth next week. Yeah, Idaho seven and eight. They're right now. They're in. Um, they're in seventh this, place. Yeah. So they're just outside of that first round by, but that makes sense because top five Portland state is just above Idaho seven and eight, but Portland state holds the tie break Uh, on the season. Idaho, Idaho women, 11, 15, seven and eight in conference. Martin, Martin just hit it last three games. Idaho beat Eastern 88, 64 in Moscow beat Northern Colorado, 73, 70 in Greeley without. If you do do, uh, watch the last like 10 seconds of the end of UNC game, there was a very, um, Interesting sequence to end the game. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, could you tell, like, uh, could you give us a 10 seconds of what yeah. that interesting sequence was? So, Which Idaho dropped that game, um, yeah. 87-78. So of the, in the Northern Colorado game, there was a, Northern Colorado was trying to come back down quickly. They, in obviously they're not protecting, the, they're not protecting them, they're protecting for the three. And they pass it in the, I, I, I'm not trying to make, poke fun at the, the gal that was making the shot. But like clearly misses an easy layup, then tries to pass it back out to the Northern Colorado player at the end, and and it just gets stolen by I want to say TJ at the end. And is just a really bad sequence that you'd probably expect from a uh, 
certain other former men's basketball coach in Idaho. Okay. Well, there's Martin's magical minute. Uh, so yeah, dudes, we, we have probably honestly Dallas, what we have maybe two, three max basketball episodes counting the postmortem, which we already know the postmortem it's the, the season was doomed from the beginning, but, uh, Brian, I'm hoping for two episodes. I'm hoping we go sometime between the end of the Montana game and before the Big Sky Conference tournament. And then I'm hoping we go live shortly after Zach Kloss gets his ass handed to him in round one. I'm hoping in a perfect that's world, probably, that's how this is going to go. That's probably the right call. Uh, we'll see how to make the schedule work. But that's that's probably the right call <laughs> to do to bash the next few games because we've – look, we've been open, guys. Uh, we're still working, working around the clock at Tubbs, kind of. Uh, patreon.com backslash tubs at the club if you want to help us out um but look no look we no one should be orchestrating their time around a zach Kloss basketball team if you're going to games because you want to go to the game please do it. it you know it's great to have support there it's great to have a good environment but the zach Kloss team does not deserve the amount of the amount of work we put into recording for football and scheduling our days around football there was no prayer that was going to happen for basketball so yeah we'll probably batch those last three I have one last thing I have to just drop in here because I feel like this needs to be observed. Um, so, Martin, I would I would say that this is probably one of John Newley's worst years. Is that accurate to say? Yeah, for the it's a very much a down year. Yes. In John Newley's again, this is a down year, one of the worst years of his career. John Newley has won more games than Zach Kloss. Just putting that out there. In like we have a successful women's team. We more we're seeing. Can, can I can I buttress that? Yes. You, I think you just forgot. Oh, you thought you said a word and forgot it. You mean in, in John Newley's maybe worst season, he's still better than Zach Kloss in objectively his best season. Yes. Sorry. Thank you. That is that is the point. Uh, I'm so irritated at this point, guys. I can't even get the thoughts out of my brain correctly because it it drives me bonkers, especially from you know some things that we've heard about the futures of both of those programs. It is asinine to me and I, i've already used asinine once today i'm breaking it out again it's asinine to me that the, there's this double standard of what coaches are held to john newley has a down year that is still better than any year zach Kloss has ever had and the arrow is pointing down for women's basketball yet there's no there's no thought of what should the, we do with the men's basketball program it's fucking ridiculous right and Martin, same like uh, this. If anybody wants to respond to that, I just don't understand it. John Newley was given; he's been here for what fifteen years now. At this point, I think this is season fifteen. Uh, there, yes, there's Newley's been here since two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So yes, I think that's fifteen years. Um, if numbers are correct, which they could be, because they could not be. I don't know. I wasn't fourteen. Fourteen. Well, fuck. Close enough. No, you're Anyways. right. 15. Sorry. No, you're right. 15. My bad. Boom. Mail, nailed, um, nailed it. Math guy. Woo. Uh, really though, like why, why are we at this point with, I just don't understand. I don't understand what, what Zach Kloss has on Terry Golic to that. We're at this fucking point that it's been two rough years at women's basketball. And, and some of the things we've heard behind the scenes are that like there changes may be coming in the future. But yet we don't hear anything about that with Zach Kloss. He's got he's got to have time to build his program. It just it's fucking stupid. I fucking hate this school sometimes. This is just this is this is bad athletic directing is what this is. This is fucking stupid. So our producer seducer in the private message chat was asking, "Are y'all gonna wrap it soon?" I think we've hit that time. So uh, 
yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have a great salutation. I spring football is coming, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Good God, Martin. Thank you. Thank you. I, Jesus Christ. I think everyone's going to co-sign on on that genius that you quoted there. Uh, so, spring football's coming, guys. Let's just get the hell off of this show. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Fires that clause, and maybe Terry. Oh,